Today I want us to start in the Old Testament. Go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. You know, I've talked about it before, but the very first homily I ever gave was on, the, on Pentecost Sunday on the rim of the Grand Canyon. You know, and as I was there, it was the most beautiful thing. There was not a soul in the congregation that was Catholic. In fact, after I was done, this woman said, that was the best Presbyterian homily I've ever heard. And I said, well, I'm a Catholic seminary. Oh, you can't be. I said, yeah, I am. So you never quite know what to do with me. But anyway, so I'll never forget, and I started with this Genesis chapter 11. And it's the Tower of Babel. And the only thing I really want to focus on for a moment here is um, verse 4, chapter 11, verse 4. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky, and therefore so make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we shall be scattered over the earth. So they're crying out, and they want to make a name for themselves. And so often when people come to Christ, and it can be priests to people, different things, we want to make a name for ourselves, huh? It's easy, especially when they send your tapes all over the place to build a name for yourself. But what happens is when we're into this ministry or we're into our uh, uh, vocation or if we're into our parish to build a name for ourselves, guess what happens? We are destroyed and scattered. That simple. Anytime the pride comes into the reality, anytime I'm into religion or I'm into Jesus because of me, the only thing it'll bring me is destruction. It'll separate me from others. That's the reality of sin in our life. And that's why always the greatest of all sins is the sin of pride. You know, people go around, I don't, I don't have sex outside of marriage, I don't get drunk, I don't get angry, I bet I'm very, I say, are you pride, proudful? Well, but everybody's proud to have it. That's the worst of all the sins. It destroys us, our pride. We can never build a name for ourselves. What we need to do is exactly what we heard today. We go to the Acts of the Apostles. And when we go to the Acts in chapter 2, they were together. And when they were together, the Holy Spirit came upon them in verse 2 in a strong driving wind that roared Raha again. It's a recreation, like the new old creation in Genesis 1. We now have the new creation by the strong, mighty wind that swept over the church now. huh? It's the same mighty wind that swept over the earth to create it. Now it creates the church. And it's the birthday of the church, right? And so when the Spirit of God came upon them, all were filled with the Holy Spirit. In verse 4, they began to express themselves in foreign languages and made bold proclamations that the Spirit prompted them. Now, what were the proclamations about? Jesus, huh? So what happens is, when the Spirit of God comes upon us, we don't proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ. We don't build a name for ourselves, we build a name for... Jesus Christ. So what's important is people don't get to know me, but they get to know Jesus Christ. That is what I am called to do as a follower of Christ. Not build a name for myself, but build his name up. Proclaim him boldly to everybody I meet. You know, as they'll sit there and say, oh, they were drunk. <laughs> and he says, it's not even nine o'clock in the morning. Well, but the reality is that people thought they were nuts. 
because now they go and they proclaim the reality of Jesus Christ as Lord. And what happens is when the Holy Spirit, when we fully surrender ourselves to the Spirit, I just want to focus, there's many, 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 many things that happen to us. But the first thing that happens to us, we see in the beginning of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. The first thing that happens to each of us is, are you not aware that you are the temple of God? and the Spirit of God dwells within you. To think about that reality, and I've preached on it many times, and that's why I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it today, but to preach on the reality that Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit upon each of us, and we are his temple. We are the tabernacle of God. You know, we come in here and we genuflect to Christ and the Blessed Sacrament because he's there, but God is in us too. We are the tabernacle. No matter where we are, no matter where we're at, we have God living inside of us. And if the Spirit of God lives inside of us, then what's that supposed to do? It cries out two things. Well, more, but the two I'm going to focus on today are as it cries out in 1 Corinthians 12 here, it says what? We heard it today. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. Jesus is Lord. That when the Spirit of God is within us, we proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord. And I'm not ashamed of that. You know, nowadays it's not politically correct to call Jesus Lord. In fact, if you go to some convents, all the word Lord is scratched out. And it says God. That's where I'm convinced the dynamic influence is present in the church. In some of these places that cannot call God Father, or cannot call Jesus Lord. I think it's demonic, I'm sorry, let it be on the tapes, let it be in the <laughs> internet for all the world to see. If we can't say Jesus Christ is Lord, we do not have the Holy Spirit within us. And it says it very clearly, we cry out, Jesus Christ is Lord by the Holy Spirit. Now what's that mean for Christ to be Lord? That means he is in charge, period. And I am subservient. Yes, that's what it means. I am his servant. I exist to serve God, to proclaim his name, to worship him, not to build up my name, not to build up my family, but to build up Almighty God. That's why I exist. Is he my Lord? Yes. And I am his servant, his slave. But not only more, that's where I begin, but that's not where I end, because now you go to Romans. And in Romans here, chapter 8, verse 15 and 16, which we've talked about again many times before, being a charismatic parish. <laughs> it says here, You did not receive a spirit of slavery leading you back into fear, but a spirit of adoption which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself gives witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So I come before God as a humble, subservient slave, saying, You are my Lord. And he who is the God of the universe, when I get before him on my face, he comes over to me, and he comes over to you, and he lifts us up, and he says, you are my daughter. 
you are my son. But we cannot be lifted up to that reality unless we fall down on our knees. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But we need to humble ourselves under the lordship of Christ if we are going to become his sons and daughters. You cannot sit there and stand before God like this and then expect him to accept you as a son or a daughter. You and I humble ourselves to him as our master and lord and then he lifts us up and says, you are my child. That's what the spirit of God does. He brings us into this intimacy with the father, intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with self. When the spirit of God comes upon us, we are caught up into the trinity of God. The very life of God is when we live in the Holy Spirit. And that becomes manifested, it should become manifested, in the church community. Because later on, if we go back to that 1 Corinthians 12 for a moment, that when we have the Spirit of God within us, when we cry out, Jesus is Lord, when we cry out, Abba, Father, then he goes here and he says in chapter 12 again, verse 13, it was one spirit that gave all of us, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, were baptized into the one body. All of us have been given the drink of the one spirit. Now the body is not one member, it is many. But what happens is when the spirit of God comes upon us, we become one body. We become one. That's why we can grow because we build a name for Christ and the more we keep pushing the name of Jesus Christ in our lives and in our church, the more he adds to our numbers, the more we become one body, the more we become and know who we are, sons and daughters of the Father, brothers and sisters in Christ, the family of God where God chooses to dwell. God is here. And every time we come together, we bring forth the reality on this earth and the way we live as a community. We make the sacrament of the community of God who is in heaven. We make that a sacrament on earth. The trinity of God, who the Father always loves, the Son, the Son always loves the Father. Their love is so real, it's the Spirit. When we do that with one another, and we become one by surrendering ourselves to the Spirit of God, we become the family of God, and we participate in the life of the Trinity today. We touch heaven today. We begin eternity today because God lives within us. So the challenge of each of us today is to surrender ourselves so fully to the Spirit of God that the Spirit of God may take control of us, that we may proclaim boldly at Jesus as Lord, that we may not build a name for ourselves, but we may build a name for Jesus Christ. And in doing that, knowing who we are, sons and daughters of the Father, brothers and sisters, participators in the divine life of Almighty God. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.